Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Hill Pursuit Podcast, episode 30. We have a new, we entered a new bracket, a new, um, our, our first number has changed. It, it's gone from a two to, th- to a three. Finally, it feels like we haven't really cast it in forever, but here we are, episode 30. Um, today is June 24, 2021. I'm Hayden. This is Mitch. Mitch, what's going on, man? It's been a little while. Yeah, no. Um, I think sometimes it feels like it's been a while because some weeks we'll like hammer out two. <laughs> yeah. And then if we, if we don't get, if we don't get two, uh, one in in like a, a week, does feel like a long time but everything's good um i know we chatted a little bit since your race look good you're recovering well oh yeah yeah i'm feeling good we'll talk about that a little bit but yeah i mean i i'm feeling pretty good i agree though it's like when we started this we said we would you know do uh about a podcast a week and you know, this is episode 30 and we're about to wrap up exactly halfway through the year. So we're definitely ahead of schedule, but, um, yeah, when we, when we rip a few in a row and then kind of take a little bit of time in between, it does, it just kind of feels like forever. So it's nice to, it's nice to be back getting in an episode and, um, Mm -hmm. if you guys are following along and, and listening, thank you for doing that podcast streams on Spotify, Podbean, and Google podcast. It seems like there's a decent amount of you guys listening on Podbean and Spotify. So that's pretty sweet. Um, check out the website though, too, hillpursuit.com. You can find our daily blog, um, and access to all of the podcast episodes, this one and all past episodes. So check that out. And then of course, if you want to follow us on social media, it's just at Hill Pursuit for both Facebook and Instagram. And then, of course, we have our email, hillpursuit.gmail.com. Send us an email, start a conversation. That'd be fun to, to interact with you guys. So, yeah, I'll dive into just like a super brief uh, race recap, I guess. And before I do, just because it's been a little while, but before I do, if you're listening and you want like a full race recap, go back to June 14 um in the daily blog and that's where i I put the entire race recap um from the half ironman 70.3 eagle man race um that i did out in cambridge uh maryland um i'll just kind of go off the top of my head here but it was awesome like it was a really really fun day um it seemed to go by really fast which is crazy because it took me a little over six hours but it went by so fast (laughs) like so fast it's it's just like a blur you know um I think we when we train we we have this grandiose image or idea of like what this race is going to be like or event or whatever and you feel like it's going to take you all day, you know, multiple days. It feel, it's going to feel like forever, but that's just because you train for so long, you know, you train for months and months and then, you know, you're, you, you put your, your fitness or your progress, um, you know, under a, under a magnifying glass or a microscope, I guess, uh, you know, for just a short period of time. So it really did go by super fast. Um, the swim 
was a little bit choppy. Um, it was really unique how the swim started. So there were like 2000 athletes and they would only let three athletes in every five seconds. So, um, there was a metronome one, two, three, four, five in one, two, three, four, five in. So it was really, it was unique in that sense. And it was a little, <laughs> it was a little stressful, um, because it, it just like just a different, very weird, get in line, get in the water, next one up, get in the, you know, just a very strange lineup, the way that that um, kind of was structured. But um, I was very early into the water. So the race started at 640 and I was probably one of the first 50 athletes in, maybe, maybe first 100 athletes in. So I got in really, really fast, which was nice. Um, the swim was choppy. It was in a river and it was brackish water. So a little bit salty and had been, that salinity had been dictated by some rain the past couple days. But the day before the water, like when we're doing check-in and stuff, the water was perfect, like glass, like as smooth as can be. And then the morning of the race, it's, of course, it's a little choppy and in my, in my head, I was thinking about 40 minutes for the swim, but, um, you know, the other thing is I've never experienced this race before or a race of this distance before. So it's great to like have an idea of how it's going to go or how long it's going to take me. But mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm like, if I'm like a slave to the watch or a slave to the time on the, on the clock, <laughs> I'm just going to fail, you know, because I don't, I've never done it before. So it's great to have a goal, but really it's just like, okay, just get the experience in and feel what it's like, you know, cause I've never done the race, but anyway, so in my head, I'm like, okay, 40 minutes, that'd be great. So, um, the swim was a little challenging for one big reason. I'm only comfortable breathing to my right, which is a humongous flaw for anyone who swims in open water because, you know, the sun might be coming up on a certain side and you want to, you know, you want to breathe to the opposite side or vice versa, you know, or, um, in the case of this race, all of the buoys that outlined the swim course were on my left. And if I'm someone who breathes to the right, then I can't see the buoy that's on my left when I breathe. So I had to do a lot of extra, mm -hmm. like picking my head up to sight where I was swimming, which took a little bit more energy and also, um, I don't know if you saw this in the blog, but I actually got yelled at by a kayaker for getting far off the swim course. <laughs> I, um, because I, I breathe to the right. So I'm swimming away from the buoys just like kind of by accident. And, um, I definitely was way off course and not like, you know, I wasn't like a half mile off course. This is only a 1.2 mile swim, but I was, I was probably like, 50 meters off course, you know what I mean? 25, 50 meters. And, um, definitely took me some time to like get in a groove in terms of how to breathe and stay in a straight line. But I finished the swim in about 44 minutes. I was, you know, like I said, who cares? I didn't care about the time. I felt good. Mm -hmm. I swam well. I didn't hit my goal, you know, my quote unquote goal of 40 minutes. But like I said, it was a little choppy. I'd never swam in brackish water before. There's 2000 athletes. I'm getting all kinds of, I'm hit by all kinds of people at different times. Like 
the entire swim was crowded, which is also something I've never experienced. The whole thing was crowded. Um, but anyways, got out of the water, felt really good. I took my time in transition because the transition area at an Ironman event is massive, huge area. There's 2000 bikes, you know, this humongous yeah. area. So it took me like 90 seconds just to jog, get to get to my bike at least. And, um, I took my time. I didn't want to rush. I didn't want to not get in enough fuel and transition and I didn't want to forget anything. So whatever, I took my time. Both my transitions were about five minutes and that's way too long. But like I said, just getting experience and just enjoying the day. I got on the bike and over the course of 56 miles, the elevation change is only like 200 feet, like tiny, no elevation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no uphills. There's no downhills. There's no coasting or anything. Um, so <clears throat> I knew that I had the potential to do really, really well on the bike. And I knew I also had the potential to push too hard. And I pushed probably about 10 or 15 minutes too hard. Um, and again, I'm someone who just rides off RPE. I don't, I don't have like a bike computer that tells me what my power output is or anything. So the bike, um, I was looking at my miles per hour. I ended up averaging about 20 miles per hour, which, um, was definitely too fast. I think I would have been more comfortable around like 17 and a half to 18 and a half somewhere in there for an average over 56 miles, maybe add another 10 minutes to my total bike time just to save some energy. Mm -hmm. because boy, when I started running, I had some issues <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I've, I've definitely done runs off of the bike before, but that's the other thing, never in a race. And it's not the same in training. It's just not the same. It's, it's never the same. You're pushing way harder in a race. There's more adrenaline. You need more fuel. You're losing more sweat. All these factors, the run was way different than I'd ever experienced. The first quarter mile of the run, and this is a short story. It is what it is. The first quarter mile of the run, I completely locked up both my quads and I was like hobbling like a, you know, like a two by four for about four and a half, five miles just to try to shake it out. Um, eventually I did shake it out and then I was able to jog super, super slow for the rest of the about 11 or so. No, not 11. What am I saying? About nine. <clears throat> or so miles and, um, felt fine. I mean, I was, I was very tired, but I was, I was okay. It was a slow jog, but, um, hindsight, I would have liked to feel a lot more comfortable on the run. So, um, moving forward to the, um, full Ironman in September, I absolutely need to be more disciplined on the bike and, I hundred percent will be more disciplined because I've experienced what it's like to not stay super disciplined <laughs> and then run a half marathon. So I will, uh, I need to be more disciplined on the bike so I can have a better experience on the run and, and really push myself a little bit. Um, because I think if I would have sacrificed 10 to 15 minutes on the bike, I would have made it up. You know, I, I know that sounds crazy, but I feel like I would have made it up on the run. So, mm -hmm. um, that's the biggest takeaway is stay disciplined on the bike, especially cause it's 112 miles coming up in September. 
and then um, enjoy the run a little bit more than I did and have some energy to really push it towards the end. So, but I mean, all, overall, I had a great experience. It was a really cool environment. Um, you know, it just, I feel like that distance is like the perfect distance for, um, for training really, really hard. Like it's not a race you can just roll out of bed and do, um, yeah, yeah. but it's not an all day event. Like it, it took me a little bit over six hours, but a full Ironman is going to, probably take you know it's going to be all day it's going to be over 12 hours for me i highly doubt it'll be under 12 hours so it's going to be an all-day event and mm -hmm. that's like a different level of training like it's these next three months for me are going to be pretty intense in terms of training and um the 70.3 is something you can train super super hard for um you do have to strategize it's not just like a you know, it's not a sprint that's over in an hour and 20 minutes, you know, a, a sprint is almost like if you're just staying in good shape, you can just go do a sprint if you nice. know, if you can swim well. So, um, I like that. I like the challenge of the 70.3 distance of, of all the races I've done. That's my, that's by far my favorite distance to train for and race. Um, although I really like this, the idea, like I like the sprint, um, but I would say the 70.3 is probably my new favorite distance for sure. It was just a lot of fun and it's, is is a good challenge, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a challenge that seems like it could be like, not on, I don't want to say unreachable, but like a lot could go wrong on a full Ironman that would, mm -hmm. prevent, that would prevent you from like feeling well, or maybe even finishing. And it doesn't feel quite like that in a 70.3. Um, but um, it was definitely challenging enough that you had to really, really stay focused for the, the whole course of the, of the race. So yeah, I had a great time. It was awesome. The biggest, the biggest thing that sucked about the race was I had to drive home six hours right after, which <laughs> thankfully I was able to catch a shower and relax for about an hour and then got on the road and that was, that was miserable. But aside from that, the race itself was a great experience. I'm it definitely left me wanting more and looking forward to um, looking forward to the full in September. That's for sure. So um, yeah, I think that's really it. I don't, I had a, um, I guess just real quick and then we'll kind of get into what you're doing. I had a, um, another Olympic race scheduled for July um, and really it was only scheduled because it was free. I registered for it for last season and COVID canceled it. So they rolled it over to this year and it really just doesn't fit into my calendar for this, for this training block. So I decided to pull it. Um, it's another one that I would have had to travel pretty far for and it's an Olympic and it just does not suit my schedule for the summer. So um, I pulled it, and the next race I'm doing is the full Ironman in September. So cool, oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Well, yeah, I mean, what? No, no, go ahead. I just, I'm excited. I just know that the training is going to be completely different level. Like, I barely, I may have scraped 11, 12 hours a week of training a couple times over the course of the build for the. Uh, 70.3 but this week I'm already going to be 
my first week, my first week of the Ironman block, I'm going to be at like 13, 13 and a half. So it's like the, the volume is definitely, it's going up and you know, there's no question. <laughs> so. Right. Well, that's, what's good though. You I mean, you de I think you're definitely, you gave yourself a good end doc, you know, and it sounds like it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it sounds, it sounds like it went well. You won. I mean, it's cool. Like you learn something until you, you kind of, I think, I think, and this, don't take it wrong, but I think it's glad, you know, you kind of messed up. And then I wouldn't say messed up. I don't even know if that's the right word. No, it was um, a mess up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think, I think that's good. I think that shows you, hey, one, that if you do mess up, you have the, the mental fortitude to push forward in a race, which is awesome. And then, so that's a win in itself. And, uh, you know, you made the best out of a, maybe not the, uh, most yeah. ideal situation yeah. and then you also uh you learn for the next race and that's that's cool so we'll be yeah I'll, i'm gonna be honest first quarter mile of the run when i when i locked up i talked to you afterward and you said you sounded i mean you sounded excited but you sounded whooped <laughs> you did you did man well first of all the next couple days after i had some meetings and stuff on campus and like I wasn't just like chilling at home, you know, I, yeah. I, did not, I did not finish this race and then like come home and sit on the couch for three days. Absolutely not. I had like professional meetings and committees uh -huh. and like theses that I was working on all kinds of stuff that I was actually like doing real work, <laughs> not just sitting around. And everyone that I interacted with was like, man, you seem really foggy. <laughs> like, yeah, I, am. I was, I was talking <laughs> talking slow my eyes were like kind of shifting slowly still you know it's just like they thought you were they thought you were stroking out on them yeah yeah for real but um so i don't know i definitely i definitely was whooped when you say that for sure but real quick when you mentioned mental fortitude like i'll be the first to say mine's not the best in the world but I, i'm very happy with how with what it is um the first quarter mile of the run I, when I locked up, knowing that I had essentially another 13 miles to run, I literally, I, I, I was like almost devastated. I was like, come on, this can't, it can't be like this. It can't be like this. I can't, I can't hobble for 13 miles. Come on. Like I have to, I have to break through this. I have to like find a way to move faster than a hobble, you know? Mm -hmm. And I really couldn't for about four miles, but I was trying really hard to, to run and not lock up. And eventually when it went away, I was like, I felt super proud of myself that I kept trying to run that whole time when I essentially couldn't. And I was like, I literally had thought about some of the conversations we had on this podcast. It's like, you know, when stuff gets hard like that, what will you actually do? Like what yeah. you, you don't know until you're in that environment. And we've, we've said that probably a hundred times already in different episodes. And that's just a, a perfect example. I've never experienced that before. I've never even experienced the race before. So I've never experienced one getting off the bike after 56 miles of a race, um, follow after following a 1.2 mile open water swim. Right. So I've never done any of that. And then to have my quads both lock up almost immediately at the same time, I've also never experienced. And I still had a half marathon and I was just like, 
I was like, please, God, do not let me like quit or finish the day like this. You know what I mean? I was like, please let this change. Let this situation change a little bit. So I feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, And eventually it did. And I, I, I was super proud about, about that. And I think there's a lot to be learned and taken away from those types of experiences, you know, whether it's, whether it's you're out for a mile and a half jog, walk, run, or you're doing a full Ironman, who cares what it is. If you experience something that makes you question whether or not you can take another step and you still have hours to go. I mean, it's, it was humbling, you know, it was humbling because I thought that I would, I literally, I, I really thought I would get off the bike and be able to race a half marathon, like compete with myself. You know what I mean? And just punch in the face. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was not able to race it. I had to weather the storm for four miles and then I had to slow jog it. So, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it is what it is. Like that was, that was my half marathon. That's the best that I had. So that's that's awesome. It was my own fault though. And I learned from it and I still got through it. So, um, and it could have went two ways, man. You could have let that thing fold you and you could have walked right off the course and been, you know, screw this. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Or like you did, you did the best for the situation you were in, man. That's, that's cool. Like we talk about it and anyone can talk about this stuff, but until you put yourself in a situation and push yourself, put yourself through it and, come out on the other side that's that's where the things get real yeah so. i agree i think i think people need to try to put themselves in those situations more so they can yeah, learn, learn about themselves and sometimes people who who aren't in this world of like fitness training exercise they don't understand why we do what we do why we push ourselves every day why we why you lift heavy enough that it's close to your one RM, maybe multiple times a week. Oh, speaking of that, I have, a, I have a good one from yesterday about that. Oh, do you? So I'm not going off. I'm, I am going to go off a little bit. No, so go ahead. Go. I'm, 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 I would say little cousin, but he's he's not little. He he uh yeah he can put some numbers up. So my younger cousin is down from uh, from back where we grew up for the last two days, and uh, he's on a deload week right now. And um, his dad lifts well over five. And uh, we were pulling yesterday. And I'm going through a little bit. of. I talked to you about it a little bit. I'm still kind of working out. the. So I was away on vacation last week. And I'm, I rolled jujitsu hard the week prior. And I don't know. I had, And talk about being humble. There's this one, this one guy that goes there. He's a, he's a monster. And I think I got submitted. I'm not even lying. Probably 10 times in five minutes. Like everything oh, wow, I did was wow. just... But so my elbow got completely jacked up. Like both elbows after my session were were lit. Um, I actually didn't know if I could drive my truck home. I was like in like oh, a T Rex. I was like in a T Rex like position, keeping my elbows tucked in. So like my left one is like kind of subsided, but my right elbow, you know, I I swam a lot on vacation, um, and uh, I did I ran, but it started out. And I'm gonna get to where I was going. Just kind of if anyone has, if anyone's listening and has dealt with this and they have any types of, you know, some sort of remedy that they have done, you know, put it on our uh, comment section or whatever. Um, you know, we could definitely learn. So my whole, like my bicep, my tricep became completely knotted up. And then like my extensor muscle on the top side of my right forearm 
um, all those muscles, like my brachioradialis down in the top of my hand and like the, the, the inner side were totally like, totally, man, um, knotted up. So when I would swim, it would just be agonizing. And it wasn't so much during it. It's when I was done. Like, that's the scary, that's the weird part. Like I could feel good going into it. And by the time I was done, that's when it was like, just cranking. Like I had to like sit there, like I could barely cast a fishing rod while I like poured in my trip. And, uh, I like to think like I can, like I'm, I can work through pain, which, yeah, I can, but there, you know, I'm not, it's one thing doing it on like a leisure side and because, you, you know, you might need it when the time gets real. Um, so then I came home, I've been, um, I'm doing a lot of mobility work to the forearms. Um, I have a massage gun too. So I've been beating the crap out of like the, uh, my bicep and my tricep and I've been going on the, the uh, forearm side and I've been taking a lot of like, I haven't been doing a lot of stuff with grip. I did try to squat when I came home and I squat with a pretty, um, pretty narrow uh, shoulder width. I like to like get a good elbow drive under the bar and um, like the pressure, like I had to really widen up my uh, grip i worked through it but it was just like the pressure like it's not so much always me holding stuff it's it's super i never dealt with this before so it's like kind of unique having to figure out like kind of working around it so i've been doing that it, it's kind of subsided and then um I'm, i haven't rolled jujitsu since i've been back home and i think half the issue is i've learned like to maybe be okay with tap submitting prior to like i don't have to fight off every submission to the point where my i'm like getting cranked on um so I think that's maybe a learning curve, like going forward in jujitsu, you know, I kind of relate to the wrestling, like you get put on your back, you do nothing, you could do anything you can not to get pinned, like even in practice, uh-huh. but it's a little different, you know, it's, we're training and um, so leading in the last night, cousin's down and uh, he brings some weights down and we, I start ripping some deadlifts and uh, I've never pulled five, like that's been my like, I'm like approaching that. So I haven't deadlifted in like a month because obviously, you know, my training has been picking up a lot of the aerobic side. And uh, so I just started working up. I'm like, screw it. And uh, um, I ended up going up to, uh, I know I let it, I let it sink in, but I feel good. So I end up going up to, uh, I go up to 480 and uh, I missed the first one. And like, I didn't even pull, like, I think I pulled it like a half an inch off the ground and my cousin looks at me and I look at him and he's like, he's like, you just got to commit to it. So took the belt off, rebelted like 20 seconds later, got under it, just ripped the thing, like committed. Like that's all it took. It was like, you just got to commit to it. So I ended up by, uh, it was like a little rough off the floor, but once it came off the floor, man, it was like straight up to my hip. So I ended up finish off with like, uh, finished and we I, I called her quits at like 480 but um and then we just did some uh we did some uh accessory work together it was fun it was fun lifting with someone again like that you know just yeah. I mean he's, he's super intense himself I was worried I was worried when you started that story I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say that um when you were deadlifting you re-aggravated your forearm or something yeah, well, no, that's the thing. So I was worried that it was going to, but I'm like, you know, he, he comes down once, like, this is his first time like visiting really. Cause you know, he, he works a lot. And um, <laughs> so like that did not feel weird, you know, that um, 
that movement, just the gripping aspect did not, uh, did not aggravate it. But then we threw football afterwards for like a, like a few minutes. I had to, I stopped. Like, oh, really? I, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was like the, the rotating, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, man, I can't throw my football right now. Um, so it's just working through it. I have It has to get better. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I'm hesitant. I want to go back to jujitsu, um, but it's like, you know, you, you, even if you tell someone, Hey, my right forearm is a little jacked up, like don't crank on it. Okay. You can tell someone that, but to like, just to do the sport you need, like you're always going to be pulling and tugging. And it's like one of the things I could keep going and keep aggravating it just to be, to be tough and to do it. But you know, long haul, it's just going to probably prolong yeah. whatever, whatever the heck's going on. I don't know what, what's going on there, but, um, well, was it, did it bother you at all before that BJJ session that you couldn't drive home in your truck or you thought you couldn't? <laughs> I think like one other time, Okay. you know, but it was only my right one and it wasn't, it wasn't near that bad. Um, mm. Like that night, man, like I, I literally, like after the session, man, I just like sat back and like my, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I told someone like, I was sitting there like, like your T-Rex, like your arms just like tucked into your body. I'm like, man, this is brutal. And, yeah. um, but I don't know. That's just max effort, dude. You might, you might've got a little case of rhabdo in the, in the biceps. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't diagnose. I have no clue. I'm just talking. Yeah, no, I, no, I honestly, I think it got wrenched on one yeah. time and, um, I think I was just, of course you're it. working against it at max force. Right. So even, you know, yeah. if, if it does get wrenched on and you're working against it, that's, <laughs> and you're maybe a little bit too stubborn cause you want to work as hard as you can and not tap, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I think I have to learn that it's okay. Like before, like as soon as I feel it going and it's not, yeah. You know, even if I could work out of it, you know, I'm, I'm training. I know I got caught, you know, just, just exactly. give it a task. Yeah, exactly. But so that's what I'm working through right now. You know, um, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not, it's nothing crazy. I mean, I'm definitely, there's definitely been worse. Um, but you know, I go back to thinking like back when I, I competed in sport, like I would, you know, you'd be, you'd be working through this. Like you would be showing, I'll be showing up to practice every day, even if it did hurt, like I would just go home and probably, ice the crap out of it and um it's like now it's like you gotta look at it in a different kind of like a different light like it's not just it's not just school and sport anymore you know like if if i got hurt back then it's like well you know we fix it and then we come back now it's like you go you know i get i really hurt i get hurt now it's like man you got your job you got your family it's like you totally have to look into it in a different avenue it's way different to work through um soreness versus injury or pain you know and yeah. like all of those are way different and a lot of people mistake like pain for soreness and um they'll continue working through it and then because it's pain and it's not just muscle soreness um they'll end up hurting themselves and then there's other people who mistake muscle soreness which is normal because you work out and you get sore muscles. That's like, that's what you're breaking down your muscles and you're yeah. repairing them. That's normal. But some, there's a lot of people who mistake soreness for pain and it's not pain. 
So they stop exercising and then they never make any progress because anytime they get sore, they think that they're, that they're hurt or something, you know? And um, I think we see a lot of this. It's weird. You're saying this in the bicep. It's, it's not weird. It's just less common. I think we see a lot of this with the lower back specifically that if people are deadlifting. Oh, mine's, mine's roasted right now. I can tell you that. Yeah. But you know, it's just sore, right? And it's not pain. hundred percent. Exactly. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's normal. Absurd. That's normal though. You know, so oh, yeah. people, people are so scared to lift their lower back or their posterior chain because if they feel any level of soreness, it's like, whoa, 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 be careful. It's your lower back. It's your spine. Well, if you're smart about your training, you can experience soreness everywhere because that's the whole goal of training is breaking down muscle and repairing it yeah. and making it stronger. If you feel pain, that's completely different. So, you know, man, we could really go down a rabbit hole here, but there, you know, the, the whole, um, the medical world will basically encourage people to avoid doing anything with their lower back, which of course can lead to ridis, ridiculous, like muscle imbalances all over the mm. rest of the body. So I'm not a fan of like the perception of avoiding the lower back at all. I think it's super, Absolutely super important. Not. And your, your back can be sore from training. Um, it does not mean you have an injury or, you know, you're not experiencing spinal pain necessarily. You have to get comfortable with knowing the difference between muscle soreness and spinal pain, you know, or injury. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, who, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know who said it, but like, you know, they're like, show me someone with a strong back or a big back and I'll show you a strong person. You know what I mean? Like, you see someone with a big, like, put-together yeah. back, they're probably going to be strong. And not just strong, it's the injury prevention that comes along with it. You're literally bulletproofing your spine. You know, your your muscles are that much stronger around your spine. And I'm not a physical therapist, but, I mean, we're not dumb. We have a – we both have our education in it, and we, we dabble in it. Um, you're literally bulletproofing the muscles around your spine. So if you put yourself in a vulnerable position – those muscles are going to be that much more stronger to protect your spine. I think. Absolutely. I think that's very, very important. Um, yeah, that's, that's funny that we kind of went and talked about that. Cause I just got a hyper the other day and I haven't put it together yet, but, um, what'd you get? What, what I, I seen your text. What is it? A reverse hyper or. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, nice. What I got saying, it. Maybe. What'd you say? I was going to say, Louis Simmons, if anyone wants to talk about lower back and the yeah, why these yeah. important, go listen to Louis Simmons. Yeah. But I haven't put it together. I got it. My wife said she would use it too. Um, awesome. It doubles as like a, a core ab, uh, mm -hmm. a core ab machine as well. So um, I think it's really important. I think, you know, we, we talked about that already, but I think lower back is ri ridiculously important for mm -hmm. literally every athlete. So I'm getting a nice little, uh, set up here in the, in the basement, in the dungeon, but it's pretty much all, all body weight stuff. I got some kettlebells vests and now I got the reverse hyper and, um, I got a, a mount for my TRX the other day. So, um, lots of lots of body weight stuff going on down here which is cool and then i have access to a weight room i'm still hitting i'm still lifting about twice a week that's that's about it and honestly with my volume going up for the next three months 
I'll probably go two to three, about two times a week for the next month and then drop it to once a week just to maintain and then maybe even completely let it go for the last month. Um, and then I'll have a really nice off season, um, after the, after the full, but yeah, I mean, I, I always like body weight work and I do that all the time. I know you're a big fan of that as well. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. lower back cannot be neglected for any athlete. And honestly, actually, I don't even know if I told you this, that was the last thing that healed from my race was my lower back. Really? Yeah. That was the last thing that healed. So it's funny. You said your bicep was bothering you when I was in the water swimming, I felt like my left bicep was like close to getting injured. Really? Yeah. Because the current was strong enough and I'm pulling hard enough that, um, my, my bicep was just a little overworked and I had to really like pull it back and stay really smooth. And then Mm -hmm. the added stability. So if you're not, you can't see what I'm doing if you're listening, but the aerodynamic position on a bike for three consecutive hours is like a super stabilization position for your forearm, your elbow, your bicep, and the front or the anterior deltoid, the front of your shoulder. So all of that on both arms was like wrecked for, yeah. for a couple of days. Pretty much like tucked in like 90 degrees. So yeah, exactly. Like, so like this, mm-hmm. and then it's just okay. like all, all of this area, you know, your, your bicep, your, right at your elbow. Um, and then your forearm, like you were referencing, um, is just constantly contracted for the 56 miles. If you're an arrow, you can relax from time to time and like not stay super contracted, but, um, it's stabilizing. It's a stabilizing, uh, muscle action. So, um, yeah. it's, it, you're definitely working, even though it's, um, it's not really a dynamic movement, but, yeah. So, but anyway, my lower back for that reason, cause I was in arrow for three hours and then the run, um, my lower back was the last thing to heal. And it was, I'm smart enough to know that it was a hundred percent muscular. There was no injury, nothing wrong with my spine. It was mm-hmm. all muscle. Um, so that's another goal of mine over the course of these next three months is to strengthen my lower back a little bit more, continue deadlifting about one, honestly, about once a week, maybe once a week or like twice every three weeks, not maybe not quite once a week, but really close to that. And then just lots of accessory with my reverse hyper and I have some TRX stuff. And again, some other small gym session, um, you know, accessory work, but um, that's a goal of mine over the next three months as well is to strengthen my lower back a little bit more. Um, But yeah, that was a cool one. What else you got? Anything else? I guess we're, we're pretty much at our time. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's all I got. That's where I'm at with my, what I got going on. I'm pretty, it's not, it's not, it's not muscle pain or it's not soreness. I'm pretty confident that I don't think I'm injured. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I'm in a little bit of a situation. You just got to work around it, but that's all I got. Um, yeah. you have anything else? Yeah, I did actually. Um, what, I've been looking at massage guns and you said you have been using one. What kind of massage gun do you have? You know, I got to check the brand. I can't even remember what the oh. specific brand is. I'll, uh, I'll get text on with you. It, yeah. Text to me sometime. Cause I've been looking at a couple and I almost jumped on one or two cause it was um, Amazon prime day and there were a couple deals, but I was like, you know what? I got to do more research. I'm not just going to buy something, you know? So yeah. 
I'm, I'd like to like ask around and I know people will, I know a lot of people um, will vouch for the Terragun or the Theragun, however people pronounce that Theragun, I think, mm -hmm. but um, those are pretty darn expensive. And I don't really want to spend that kind of money. So um, yeah, I didn't break the bank. Um, we didn't break the bank on ours, my wife and me, um, myself. We uh, I think ours was Amazon, but I don't know. I don't think we paid over a hundred bucks for it. It might've been yeah. around that hundred dollar mark. I wasn't trying to break the bank either. Um, and it does a good job. So I'll get you the brand and uh, yeah, yeah. Let me know. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, that, that'll wrap up our, our episode for today. That was episode 30. Pretty sweet. We got a new, a new first number for the next 10 episodes, which is, which is fun. So if you're listening, thanks for following along. Continue to, to listen on uh, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts. Check out the website, hillpursuit.com, where you can access the daily blog and all other podcast episodes. And make sure you give us a follow on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Hill Pursuit. And if you want to leave a comment, like, subscribe, share anything, um, send us an email, hillpursuit.gmail.com. That's all we got for today. Thanks, and we'll see you guys